Right, well, uh, we moved on from uh, Vienna um, to look at some other Austrian cities. Uh, and um, as I think Sebastian mentioned, a quarter of Austria's population currently lives in the capital. So um, that gives you some indication of how small beer the other cities in the rest of today's Austria are. Because uh, uh, Austro-Hungary lost an enormous amount of territory and some other very important cities, such as Budapest in 1918. Uh, this is Graz, which has a population of 222,000, and is the capital of Styria, which is one of the southern provinces of Austria. And it's got a beautiful historic centre. Now you can see here the Marktplatz, um, which has some rather fine Baroque houses around it, and the city hall uh, in the middle. And uh, off the main street are various uh, very picturesque alleys and courtyards. This one is the Landhaus, uh, which you, uh, is the historic uh, seat of the Styria prov province. Um, and also off the side of the main street is uh, this rather extraordinary Renaissance building attached to the cathedral, which is mausoleum for some of the Austrian emperors. Uh, the Austrian emperors seem to have moved around quite a bit before they finally landed up in Vienna. Uh, they, they were in Innsbruck as well as here. But um, Graz is also distinctive for its uh, more modern architectural innovations. Uh, for example, in the foreground here, you can see the Kessner and Erler uh, department store, which has very fine uh, uh, Jugendstil uh, in, uh, interior dating from the turn of the 20th century and has been revamped by uh, a young firm of architects in the 1970s, uh, Shishkovich and Kowalski, uh, who've done quite a number of other buildings uh, in the city. And in the background, you can see the archigram-inspired Kunsthaus, or art gallery, uh, designed by uh, Peter Cook and Colin Fournier. Uh, there's an interesting sideline there because, uh, in fact, Sebastian, myself, Carla Kowalski and Colin Fournier and Willy Bossett, who I see sitting over there, were all uh, 1968 alumni of the... Um, Architectural Association School of Urban Design and Planning. Uh, so uh, it's a small world. Uh, but the ac active architectural scene in Graz uh, has been recognised by its status as a UNESCO design city. And um, this is uh, a view down onto the market square from uh, a precarious glazed cantilever from the top of that uh, department store that we were talking about. And you can see quite a lot of trams there. Um, Graz, in spite of its small size, has got a network of um, six tram lines, uh, running through, most of which run through this main street. So the outer areas of the city are very accessible. Uh, this is close-up of uh, the Archigram-inspired uh, art gallery, 
uh, I think it's quite controversial as to whether or not it fits in and whether or not uh, it's so uh, extraordinary that uh, you know, it's become something people are quite fond of uh, and there's a contrast with the uh, urban grain around. Uh, in the foreground you can see the, the river uh, in the, on the island which is another modern architectural in, intervention. And this is the railway station, which has been recently revamped um, with uh, a new station by Sechner and Sechner, who are quite leading Austrian architects. And uh, in common with many other new Austrian stations in major cities, it has uh, a huge underground concourse spanning the tracks. And the trams come in and provide uh, interchange with the rail lines. Uh, I suppose Graz's other claim to fame is it's a, one of the strongholds of the right-wing Freiheit party uh, that have been doing so well uh, with their xenophobic policies and looks set to become part of uh, a coalition with the Conservatives who won the recent general election in Austria. Uh, uh, we then moved on to Linz um, Linz has a population of 181,000, so it's uh, a little bit smaller than Graz. Um, but uh, Linz, unlike Graz and some of the other cities, uh, has a well-established industrial employment base, an independent art scene, uh, and has uh, commissioned quite a number of iconic new uh, buildings, uh, and has uh, started building uh, peripheral housing. Uh, most of the other uh, minor Austrian cities haven't felt a need to expand peripherally in the way that uh, Vienna has. And uh, this is the uh, pedestrianised main square of Linz, uh, which contains one of these plague columns which uh, you find in various parts of uh, uh, Austro-Hungary and uh, there's a famous one in the centre of Vienna uh, built in the late 18th century to commemorate uh, deliverance from the plague. And uh, this is one of the modern architectural in, in, uh, interventions which is uh, the uh, Lentos Art Museum by architects Weber and Hofer that dates from uh, 2003 and it's on the Danube frontage. And uh, another feature is the tobacco factory, uh, a little bit outside the centre, which was uh, designed by Peter Behrens, the pioneering modern architect of the early 20th century. Uh, the Behrens part is the, the long block on the right. Uh, it's been acquired by the city and is being transformed into workspaces and artistic uses. I think it's early days, there aren't that, that many uses in there as yet, but it uh, looks an interesting project. And uh, this is the peripheral housing that uh, Linz is hosting, Solar City it's called, um, and um, that uh, is due to have 4,000 residents. But as you can see, uh, part of the principle is uh, orientation towards the sun, uh, which they reckon is pretty green and keeps the uh, uh, energy consumption to carbon neutral. The solar city is also uh, 
direct accessible by a new tram line or an extension to a tram line. So this follows on the Austrian principle of linking developments uh, to efficient public transport. Linz has got um, three tram lines which run through the centre. Um, we then moved on to Salzburg. So th these are all in uh, decreasing size, these cities. Uh, Salzburg is 150,000. Uh, the picturesque old town is well known. It's uh, very popular with tourists and of course the, the music festival draws many people in. Uh, but as you can see the urban form is that uh, there's a river frontage and then behind is the old Castle Hill which has a funicular railway running up to it. And I'm afraid at this point the weather deteriorated sharply on our tour so uh, the pictures start to look rather gloomy. Uh, this is the view down from the Castle Hill and you can see that a large part of the historic centre between the castle and uh, the River Salzach was in fact appropriated by the Prince Bishops or Prince Archbishops uh, who in the late 18th century uh, uh, flattened a lot of the town and built this sort of huge residence palace complex using Italian architects uh, incorporating the cathedral and uh, many other large public rooms. It's, it's very grand indeed uh, when you walk around inside. Uh, Salzburg hasn't got very many of the uh, innovative uh, architectural interventions that the other, as the other towns have. Uh, I think you could say Salzburg is pretty conservative in its uh, conservation of what it's got. Uh, but this is um, the Museum der Moderna, which is a modern art museum, on the opposite hill uh, on the other side of the river from the historic castle, and it's attached to uh, a neo-Gothic uh, little castle, as you can see here, but the art gallery itself makes no concessions at all to the neo-Gothic. And then finally we moved on to Innsbruck. I'm afraid the weather was so bad here I've had to use other people's photos. Uh, the the uh, high point of Innsbruck is the Hofburg, which was the seat of the emperors before they moved to Vienna. And uh, So you can see sort of early 18th century uh, Baroque here with amazing alpine scenery in the background. And the main street, the Maria Theresienstrasse, uh, is lined by uh, some fairly fine Baroque and earlier houses, very impressive high buildings. But uh, one of the interventions is a new shopping centre designed by David Chipperfield Architects, the Kaufhaus, which you can see on the left. And uh, Chipperfield has cleverly picked up the slight undulation in the street frontages here and incorporated it into his building. So. Uh, I think we thought that was quite successful. Uh, the other feature of Innsbruck, uh, and again I'm using someone else's picture here, was a dramatic uh, um, funicular railway going up to a nearby mountain, the Hungerberg, uh, which uh, was designed by Zaha Hadid with these extraordinary wing-like uh, structures for stations and, and entry points. Uh, so, uh, by this point, it's torrential rain. 
And then as we uh, got on the train to go back the next day, the rain turned into snow. So although this was late April, as you can see, it's a, it's a winter wonderland to the extent to, uh, that uh, our train was held up. We failed to make our connection in Zurich and had to adopt a, a plan B to get back to London. Otherwise, we would have been stranded paying uh, Swiss hotel prices in Zurich. Um, so uh, that's an overview of uh, some of the smaller Austrian cities. So I, th I think you can see that uh, some of the emphasis on sustainability, uh, use of public transport and so on is present in these other cities as well. I think they do have uh, strong civic presence. Uh, they are all capitals of uh, regions, uh, so they have some administrative importance as well. Uh, but uh, I think uh, there's a sort of uh, rather uh, uh, adverse political context to Austria in, in today's world. I think Vienna is probably out on a limb politically with its uh, socialist traditions and its uh, liberal views. Uh, when you come to some of these other cities, uh, if you read the newspapers, uh, there's, a, there's a rather more xenophobic view of life. Uh, but uh, it, that doesn't seem to reflect itself in uh, the quality of the urban environment. If anyone has any questions? <laughs>